Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoy the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. If you would turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. Um, Today we're going to be looking at... uh, when the, the report, well, uh, John the Baptist's death, John the Baptist's death, and um, as we think about that, um, consider, consider this. Uh, imagine that you go to the doctor, and your doctor tells you know, sits you down in his office, and he says, "It's treatable, but it's going to be hard." And you have cancer. Imagine how you would feel if your doctor told you that. Would you listen to your doctor? Would you believe your doctor? Or would you get angry with your doctor? Would you say, you just don't care about me? Would you, go, would you tell the doctor, I'm going to go find a different doctor who will tell me better news? And it might be how we feel because we don't really always act rationally in a moment like that. But it really doesn't make any sense to go to try to go find a, another doctor who's just going to give us good news when we know that there's a problem. And that there is a remedy, but we don't want to go through that. Um, that's kind of how... That's kind of how we sometimes respond to the news of our sin. We know there's a problem. We, we, we hear the news that we are sinners, that we are rebels against God, and we don't like that news. We, 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 don't, we don't want to hear that news. We don't want to hear the news that God will one day judge us for what we have done. Yet... The Bible doesn't give us that information to condemn us. It gives us that information so that we will hear it and we will take the remedy. That we will hear this news and we will throw ourselves on Jesus, who is the one who is the remedy. Who came and He lived a sinless life and He died for our sins and we just believe on Him. And we repent of our sins And we turn to Jesus. Natural people. All of us. It's in our nature that when we hear you're doing it wrong, we want to say, don't judge me. We want to say, we want to lash back in anger. That's that's the normal condition of the human heart. And that, I think, is what we see here in Herod and his response to John the Baptist. Let's go ahead and look at our text beginning in verse 1 of chapter 14. At that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard about the fame of Jesus. And he said to his servants, This is John the Baptist. He has been raised from the dead. That's why these miraculous powers are at work in him. For Herod had seized John and bound him 
and put him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife. Because John had been saying to them, it is not lawful for you to have her. And though he wanted to put him to death, he feared the people because they held him to be a prophet. But when Herod's birthday came, the daughter of Herodias danced before the company and pleased Herod so that he promised with an oath to give her whatever she might ask. Prompted by her mother, she said, Give me the head of John the Baptist on a platter. And the king was sorry because of his oaths and his guests. He commanded it to be given. He sent and had John beheaded in the prison. And his head was brought on a platter and given to the girl. And she brought it to her mother. And his disciples came and took the body and buried it. And they went and told Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to receive it. Let us not be like Herod when Your Word comes to us. Let us not be like Herodias and others who responded in anger. But Lord, give us repentant hearts broken hearts over our own sin. And Lord, let us look to Jesus. Father, we love You. We thank You for Your Word again. Give me strength and grace as I preach Your Word in Jesus' name. Amen. We had just been looking at Jesus teaching many different parables, and as He finishes up the parables, He comes to Nazareth. And in Nazareth, um, he was not able to do very many miracles, it tells us, because the people didn't believe in him. Um, Jesus said, a prophet is not without honor except for within his own household. It was their unbelief. Here, uh, in this passage that we're looking at today, there seems to be kind of a break. We've been following along Jesus, His miracles, His teaching, and all that kind of stuff. And there is a pause here to kind of give us some background information that we need uh, before moving on. It says, at that time, around the time that Jesus had come to Nazareth, Herod the Tetrarch heard about the fame of Jesus. The news was getting out. You couldn't keep Jesus under wraps. He was healing people. He had raised people from the dead. He was was teaching all these miraculous things. And the news got even to Herod, who was the king. It says Herod the Tetrarch. Now, a Tetrarch, the word literally means a fourth part. And so he was, uh, when Herod the Great, Herod the Great was his father. That was who was king whenever Jesus was born. Um... When he died, he split his kingdom up, not actually into four parts, but into three. So for some reason, Herod Antipas, that we're reading about here, gets the title Herod the Tetrarch. He also gave a part to Philip, that was Herod's brother, and Archelaus, another of his brothers. Well, Herod the Tetrarch heard about the fame and he said to his servants, this is John the Baptist. 
Well, why, that doesn't make sense to us right here. If, we're, if, we're not, if we don't read what comes after it, why would Herod be saying, well, this is John the Baptist? So then he has to kind of explain the background. Why is Herod thinking it's John the Baptist? At the last time we heard about John the Baptist, which was in chapter 11, um, John was still alive. But here, John had been killed by Herod, and we're, we're about to read that part. We're about to cover that part. But it's, it, Herod is wondering, has John been raised from the dead? This kind of gives us a little bit of an insight to what Herod thought. He, th- there's kind of a mixture of, uh, of, of things. Maybe it's superstition. That Herod was afraid that John maybe had, had risen from the dead, or also um, the Jewish people held to a belief in the resurrection of the dead. The Pharisees believed that there would be a resurrection from the dead. So, so Herod is wondering is this John the Baptist who's been raised from the dead? And he's wondering these things because of the miracles that he's hearing about. I mean, if somebody raised from the dead, then maybe they'd be able to do a bunch of different kinds of miracles and things, right? He's wondering this. We break from there and we go back more into the background of, of what, we're, what we're seeing here. Why is it that Herod had put John to death? Verse 3. For Herod had seized John and bound him and put him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife. So we're, we're kind of going at this backwards. We got, we got one piece of information, but in order for that to make sense, we need another piece of information. And in order for that to make sense, we need the next piece of information. What is it about Herod, Herod's brother's wife, brother Philip's wife, that we need to know to make sense of this? He says... John had been saying to them, it's not lawful for you to have her. So, Philip, this is Herod's brother, had been married to Herodias. And Herod Antipas falls in love with his brother's wife and takes her, has adultery with her. And John knows about what's going on, and he would do, he's doing what we might call speaking truth to power. <laughs> Herod's the king. You know, he, he, is, he is the government authority. And yet John is not afraid to speak to those in power and say, what you're doing is wrong. What you're doing is wrong. Uh, it is not lawful. It is against God's law that you... Take your brother's wife. So, um, Herod had him arrested. He had him thrown in prison. But, at this point, he hadn't yet killed John. Verse 4, I'm sorry, verse 5, and though he wanted to put him to death. You see, Herod, Herod wanted to put him to death. He wanted to quiet this voice that was telling him he was in the wrong. It was telling him he was sinning. He wanted to quiet it, but he didn't do so because they, that would be the crowds, they held him to be a prophet. 
if he had killed Herod, I'm sorry, John the Baptist at that time, the people would rebel. The people would rise up against him. He wanted peace in his kingdom. And it would make everybody unhappy if he killed John the Baptist. So he was content just to keep him there in the prison. What happens next? So his birthday comes. And for a birthday, we're going to throw a big party. What do you do for a king on his birthday? They throw a big party. And at this party, I'm sure there's probably plenty of drinking going on. And there was a big, there was a, a dance. Her- Herodias, the woman that he had taken from his brother, she had a daughter named Salome. We don't get the name here, but we know it from other sources. And Salome, she was probably somewhere between 12 and 14 at the time. And she danced before Herod. When it pleased Herod, we we, we probably think this is some kind of a sensual type of dance. It's kind of sick. It's kind of gross. And Herod is so pleased by this, he promises that he'll give whatever she wants for, whatever she asks to her. Well, she's just a girl. She doesn't know what to ask, but her mom, Herodias, she has that bitter grudge against John the Baptist. She doesn't want that prophet out there saying that it's unlawful what she's doing. She wants to silence the voice of the, of the Word of God, of the man of God. And so she tells Salome to ask for the head of John the Baptist on a platter. Well, Herod didn't want to do this initially. But everybody there at the party had heard what he said. Everybody there had heard him make oaths that he would give her anything she wanted. So because of his oaths and the guests who had seen, he gave her what she wanted. He sent and had John beheaded. His head was brought in on a platter and given to the girl. What a gross gift. And we don't see any kind of reaction against her. She just received it and she gave it to her mother. Now in contrast, what we see here in verse 12, his disciples, that's John's disciples, they came, they took the body, and they cared for him. They prepared it for burial, and they buried him. And then they went to tell Jesus. What do we learn from this passage? I've already been talking about it this morning. When God's Word comes to people in our natural state, our response is to reject it. Our response is to run from it. We don't want to hear it. That's natural. That's what we all do apart from God's grace. It's what what Ahab and Jezebel did. Ahab and Jezebel... You know, Elijah was showing that God, the true God, the God of Israel, Yahweh, was the true God. And Baal was just 
a counterfeit, an idol. And Jezebel didn't want to have any part of it. She didn't want to give up her old ways. She didn't want to give up her old gods. She wanted to put Elijah to death. We see this similarity here in John the Baptist's life. What else in the Bible teaches this very same concept? John chapter 3. We're very familiar with John chapter 3. We've got Jesus being met by Nicodemus in the middle of the night. And He asks him, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus tells him, you must be born again. We're very familiar with verse 16 that tells us, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. But also Jesus says in that same passage, starting in verse 19, and this is the judgment that light has come into the world and the people love darkness rather than light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his work should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be seen clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. By our nature as sinners, we are like cockroaches in the dark. <laughs> it's true. We are like cockroaches in the dark. You go into the kitchen where there's a cockroach infestation and the lights off in the middle of the night. They may be crawling around all over where you don't know where they're at. You flip that light on and they scatter everywhere. They go under the, under the oven and everywhere. We're like that. We don't love the light in our natural state. We love darkness rather than light. We want to avoid the light. You can kind of relate to it maybe if you're not a morning person. You're tired and that sunlight starts shining in the window and you're like, oh, I don't want to get up. We love darkness rather than light. That's what the Scripture tells us. Our natural reaction when our sin is exposed is to run away, to hide, to try to silence the voice that's telling us about our sin. When in actuality... That voice, that word from God that's telling us we need to repent and turn away from our sins is not there to hurt us. It is the remedy. It is the remedy. When when we consider the world today, when we think about how the world today, when thinking about the issue of, say, homosexuality, They'll say, well, it's, it's so unloving to say that homosexuality is sin. Well, consider this. That's what the Bible says it is. And for us not to say what the Bible says is to be silent about what our remedy is. And what is our remedy? We turn to 1 John chapter 2. No, chapter 1. 
First John chapter one tells us if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. The response that we need to have is not to say, well, I'm all all good. Everything is fine. The response we need to have is to confess. Yes, I've sinned. What your word says is true. What we are to do to be able to receive the light is to throw ourselves down on God's mercy, confess, agree with God that what we have been doing is rebellious against Him and accept Jesus' payment for our sins. We die. <laughs> we, we, we crucify our old way. And we look to Jesus. We, our old person dies and we now live a new life united with Jesus. So, for the text we looked at today about the death of John the Baptist, this is going to be a kind of a short one, I guess. We really have to ask ourselves this How do we respond to this message from the Bible that we are sinners? Do we hide? Do we respond with anger? like Herod and Herodias? Or do we do what 1 John chapter 1 tells us? Do we confess our sins knowing that that is the answer? Do we confess our sins knowing that He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness? listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.com or you can like us on Facebook.